Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with December 15th and 16th, 1918, Part 2, pages 162 through 163. December 16th, 1918, Part 2. 7. We decided we discussed the foundation of religious communities and also the giving of retreats, parish missions, and so on, but we must let things be for the present. 8. We need, it, we need to have a consultation about how we will introduce the requirements of the new code of canon law into our daily lives. At five o'clock on the same day, I invited the priests of the city to discuss what we will do and how we will prepare the people for the coming of the Bolsheviks. One, I briefly outlined what I had in mind, that they should emphasize the ideals of Christ in a positive way, taking care to bring out those matters of faith that are under attack. Outright arguments and political controversies should be avoided in sermons, and so on. I listened to the priest's opinions about the current state of affairs and what measures we might take to prevent or minimize the various evils that can occur. Various methods were suggested. Suitable sermons, brochures, leaflets, and appropriate articles in the newspapers. Also to keep in touch with the faithful by visiting homes, especially at Christmas. Good organization in the administration of the sacraments and encouraging the faithful to receive them and keep up their devotional practices. It would be a good idea to have question boxes so that the workers could be instructed especially when in doubt or when they had to respond to attacks on their faith. Two, we decided to have masses of reparation in all the churches of Vilnius by turn with appropriate sermons. I asked the, de the dean to call the pastors together to determine the order of these masses and topics for the sermons. Three, I announced that parish records were to be kept in Latin and that sample books were already in print. Four, I asked the priests that if they had any questions or topics they wished to discuss at these meetings, to present them to me in writing or drop them into my mailbox. Five, I reminded the priests to put their bank deposits in order as quickly as possible, and also any cash they might have on hand. In the city, unrest keeps growing, the Germans are getting ready to leave. I learned that by the 2nd or 5th of January, 1919, there would be no more Germans in Vilnius. Various factions in the city have begun to compete for power. Many newspapers in various languages have appeared. It seems that six different groups are trying to get control of the city. The Lithuanian Council, the German Military Council, the Polish Committee, the Bolshevik Workers' Council, another Bolshevik committee headed by Kapsukas in the Vileka district and the old municipal administration left by the Russians. The Germans did not support any of these, nor were they handing out weapons. Finally, 
they turned the public buildings over to the Lithuanian council, but he was unable to hold or defend them. The city itself they handed over to the old municipal administrators, while at the same time expressing approval of the Bolshevik council. Later, it became clear that the Germans had actually turned the city over to the Polish legionaries. The German policy was quite incredible. They managed to turn everyone against each other, and then they took everything with them and left. My own position was extremely difficult. Whatever one side approved of, the other opposed. It was impossible to please them. The cauldron was boiling over. I kept to the teaching of Christ and of the Church. It was obvious that the Poles and the Lithuanians were going their own way without much consideration for the needs of the Church. The Bolsheviks organized workers' demonstrations directed particularly against the Germans, demanding that power be transferred to the Bolshevik Workers' Council. Here, Blessed George continues to reflect on the meeting he had had with the bishops from the region. They want to found religious communities and to offer retreats and parish missions, but all is on hold because of the unrest. The new canon law was uh, promulgated in 1917. It became effective on May of 1918. The new requirements will have to be introduced into the diocese. Blessed George then wrote of a meeting with the priests of the city regarding the impending approach of the Bolsheviks. Blessed George wanted them to promote the Catholic faith and to avoid political arguments. The priests discussed ways of spreading the faith amidst the turmoil. It's surprising how creative they are in the midst of all they are going through in their um, um, activities and in their initiatives to continue to spread the faith and to increase communication among the priests and the people. Masses of reparation would be offered. Blessed George uh, suggested that the parish books be kept in Latin. With the shifting political landscape, it wasn't clear who would be pastor of a church from one day to the next. Latin was the universal language of the church at that time. The Germans were abandoning the city of Vilnius. The balance of power was shifting. Blessed George wrote of six different groups who were vying to control the city. He mentions Kapsukas, Vinkas Mitskevichus, a leading Lithuanian communist activist. From 1955 through 1989, the city of Mariampole was called Kapsukas by the communist authorities. Blessed George turned wrote how the Germans had turned everyone against each other, and then they took everything with them and left. It sounds like a diabolical plot. And Blessed George wrote of his own position, which was very difficult. Uh, if he was in favor of one side, another would be against it. He, ha he had no way of winning. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, 
You surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.